You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. Now, before I deal with the primary subject of our verse, let us understand and be on the same page that the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and he is talking about Jesus. Jesus, young people, was more than just an ordinary man or a prophet, as some would say. But I want you to remember, Jesus, while here on earth, he was 100% man, and he is 100% God. He was the God-man. He was here on earth, and he was, help me, 100% man, and 100% God. How many understand that? He was fully man and fully and fully God. Again, we're talking about Jesus. Now, let me prove my statement by giving you some scripture so you can see in the Bible that Jesus was, help me, 100% man and 100% God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So what is the word? God. What is God? The word. Go down to verse 14. And the word, here it is, became what? Flesh and did what? Dwelt among us. So was Jesus 100% man? Yeah. How do we know? Because the word took on what? Flesh and lived among us. Do y'all see it? All right. Let's finish the verse. And we beheld his glory and the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and what? And truth. Let's go to John 14. John chapter 14. Again, Jesus, help me out, is 100% man and 100% God. John 14 and verse 8. Philip, who was one of the disciples, said to Jesus or him, Lord, show us the Father or show us God. And it is sufficient for us or it will satisfy us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you have not helped me, known me, Philip? Here it is. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus equated himself to being God in this verse. He said, if you've seen me, 
then you've seen the Father. You've seen me, you have seen God. Help me out. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Last verse to prove my point. Let's go to Hebrews. Are we learning this morning? All right. Hebrews 4. And notice verse 15. For we do not have a high priest. And of course, the high priest that the writer is talking about is Jesus. Who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Well, how can you relate to our weaknesses as people? Notice the verse. But was in all points, help me, tempted as we are. So he was a man. And this is what made him God. Yet without sin. Jesus can relate to what we go through because he was here on earth as a man. But what makes him different from a natural or normal man is that according to the verse when he was tempted, he did not sin. Let's look at ourselves. Have you ever been tempted? Have you ever sinned? A couple of us admitted the truth. Let's try that again. Have you ever been tempted? But did you sin or did you not sin? Shout your answer. Say, I. That's it. <laughs> All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But what made Jesus so powerful is that he went through the same things we go through, except he didn't mess up. He didn't say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, or do the wrong thing. And that's why the Bible calls him a perfect example. There's none perfect but who? But God. But what I love about the verse, young people, is that he can sympathize with what we go through. Jesus knows what it's like to go through sexual pressure and temptation. He just did not fall into Tim temptation. I mean, you think about it. In all points, the text says he was tempted. All points. Every point. Jesus had a thing, but he didn't sin. Jesus had eyes, but he didn't, he didn't sin. Jesus could have cussed folk out, but he didn't sin. There was one occasion he was in court, and he could have called down a legion of angels and killed everybody. But he didn't sin. The Bible said he just didn't say a word. Aren't you glad you got a God that is perfect and can help you when you mess up? Because we all mess up from time to time. I read earlier that Jesus is full of grace and truth. That's why it's no excuse. If you're here and you're not Christian, the only one holding you back is you. It's your choice. Jesus is full of grace. He will help you out. He, he will strengthen you to live this life so you can, as one writer said, live again. And how many know that's what it's about? 
It's about living for him while we're here on earth so when we die, we can be with our Lord forever. I don't want to come up short. What about you? I don't want to come up knowing that Jesus was full of grace and truth and he could have helped me with my sin, but I rejected him and died in sin. You don't want that. Why? Because the wages of sin is, is death. It's death. And so when we look at our verses, we can see clearly that Jesus was what? 100% man? Y'all ought to help me. And 100% God. And remember, young people, no matter what you go through in life, don't think that nobody does not understand you. You can always cast your cares on Jesus, the Bible says, because he, he cares for you. Now, when we look at our verse in Philippians 4 and 8, the one trait that Jesus demonstrated while here on earth that we need to learn from and also demonstrate is being humble. Remember, he was here on earth. He went through what we went through and have gone through, but Jesus demonstrated humility. What does it mean to be humble? There are a number of meanings and definitions, and I want to deal with a few. And before I give you some definitions, let's look at and talk about the opposite of being humble. A person or a young person that is not humble, first of all, is proud. Yeah, they think too much of themselves. They think more highly of themselves than they Ought to. They're not thinking soberly. They think they all of that. And we don't need to be proud because the proverb writer said clearly that the Lord hates a proud look. You think you're too good for God? That's pride. You think you're too good to do the right thing? That's, that's pride. No, I, I don't need to go down to that altar and change my life. That's, that's pride. You basically saying you can save yourself. That's pride. Someone that is proud, when you consider, number one here, they're stubborn. Yeah. They know what they should do, but they just, they won't do it. As I like to say, they hard to work with. Know what you should be doing, but refusing to do it. The Bible says or describes that person as being stiff-necked, just proud, stubborn, got some buck in them. You, you can tell them exactly what they need to do, but, but it's, it's a person that's proud. They always going to fight you. They always going to argue. They just never will just humble themselves and do what needs to be done. They're going to buck. They're going to fight. Look at somebody and say, we don't need to be proud. And I got a quiet audience. You ain't throwing me no you right or amen. So that's a good sign to let me know. It's some folk in here that got to work on not being proud. 
got to be humble. Oh, we're going to deal with some stuff today. When a person is humble, number two, they agree and submit to someone else's power. Somebody else is in charge. Somebody else has authority. When you're humble, you come in agreement and you just submit to the power that's over you. Mama, leave the house and leave your younger sister in charge. Well, you the oldest one. You thought you should be in charge. Well, today, she left the authority with your younger sibling. You going to buck just because you older? You, you going to give her a hard time or are you going to be humble? She in charge? Let me just do what she telling me to do as long as it's right. You submit and come into agreement when someone else has power. Number three, it's when you and I choose to think, talk, and behave according to certain principles. Certain principles are on the table. Now I got to conduct myself according to those rules. And when I do that, I am humble. I'm humble. I'm an humble person when I think, talk, and act based upon principles that God gives or whoever pertains to God puts on the table. Let me carry myself based upon how my pastor taught me. That's what you call being humble. He done showed me in the Bible what the Bible says, and now I'm thinking that way, talking that way, and doing that way. I'm humble. But if I buck, I'm not being what? I'm not being humble. And finally, it's when a person forsakes their personal desire and follows, notice, someone else's desires. I want to do such and such, but my God wants me to do something else. I have to forsake what I want to do and do what my God wants me to do. When I do that, I am humble. There are going to be times where your body, your flesh, has its own desires. And get this, your body feels good when you do certain things that it desires. But, but you have to remember, is what your body or flesh desiring in line with what God wants? And the answer to that is no, because the Bible says that the flesh is contrary to the spirit. So you know what we have to do when our body, young folk, is cutting up? We got to be humble. We got to remember God's principles, and we got to say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Lord, I ain't going to act like I don't want to go to the party. I do want to go. 
and I know I'm saved. Yeah, because some things you just, you want to do. But, Lord, I know your principles. And I don't need to put on the table being saved ain't fun. You just told me not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And, Lord, if I go to this party, they ain't going to be praying. They ain't going to be reading no scripture. They ain't going to be testifying. Lord, they going to be, oh, we. <laughs> They're going to be doing some stuff. I need to just let go, God. <laughs> and you can sit there and act funny all you want, but you can't fool me. Your flesh has desires. You dream about certain things. You dream about doing certain things. But that's your flesh. That's your body. And you got to say, man, am I going to walk in what my body wants? Or am I going to humble myself and do what my God wants? And again, let me go ahead and, and say this. Sometimes you just want to do what your body want to do. Your feet want to go this way. And you know you have no business going that way. Your eyes want to look at it on the phone. Want to bookmark it. Want to share it. Want to like it. Want, matter of fact, you just want to take your two fingers and make it bigger and look at it a little while longer. But you got to tell your eyes, no, you ain't going to look at that. Because my God don't want me to look at that. These eyes have been bought with a, a price. Look how y'all looking at me. Sometimes you just want to go ahead and smoke a little something. Pastor Baker, yes. You know the smell when you're going down. Mm, somebody hitting it. Man, man, that's, that smell, that smell like some good stuff right there. And then your mind goes back. Man, I remember when I, that's that old man now. Again, those are your personal desires. And you have to realize, as a child of God, you're going to have to make a choice in that moment. Am I going to yield to the flesh and its desires, or am I going to humble myself and do what the Lord wants me to do? This is life, young people. There are times to where you get a certain age and you feel like, look, I done outgrown my parents. It's time for me to do my own thing. And you're going to feel that in life. But if the truth be told, they'll always be your parents. You just have to know when it's time and in season for you to leave because you can leave too soon and not be able to handle life on your own. You go in the book of Luke and you'll find out about a, a young man who had plenty of money. Went to his daddy and said, Daddy, give me my inheritance and I'm out. 
Matter of fact, he wasn't by himself. Had a group of friends that didn't have the money he had. They went to a far country, and you know what the Bible says? They wasted his inheritance on prodigal living. They went to straight where the hoes was at. They went right to the prostitutes. Made it rain. Made it rain. Did something strange for a little piece of change. He was spending the check up hoping to make it back. But look at somebody say, he didn't make it back. Listen, young folk, you can have something great. You can have something good. But if you get on that dumb stuff, you're going to lose it. Whether it be your money, whether it be your virginity, whether it be your health, whether it be a sound mind, there are certain things, young folk, you cannot afford to lose because you move too soon. Just back up. Just back up. Humble yourself. Man, the boy got out there. He got out there and life beat him down. So bad he was eating with the swines. Could you imagine eating with pigs? Now, I know you eat pig. Yeah, yes, you do sausage, bacon, hot links. I, I, I can tell y'all eat that. I know. Matter of fact, let's just go and take a poll. Who eats sausage? Yeah, where my bacon eaters at? Where them hot link folk at? Put it on the grip. Burn mine. Yeah, I know you in here. <laughs> but he was eating with the pigs. He wasn't eating a pig. Eating with them. Ruined his life. Down there eating, and you know what he said? The Bible says he came to himself. <laughs> Man, I ain't eat like this. Back at my father's house. I got to get myself back to his house. That's what I love about the Lord. Even though you mess up, God can't give you a time or a season for a moment where you say, I got to get myself together. Woo, look at somebody say, Jesus is full of grace and truth. But look, he humbled himself. Could you imagine that walk all the way back home? Could you imagine that? Man, I got to go back in here. And his, and his brother was at home. You know, his brother, he was probably thinking, man, brother going to be talking about me. You know, I wonder what they going to say. How many young folk think that? I wonder what they going to They going to say something. But what I love about the text is he got back home, and his father was happy to see him. See, if you come back to the Lord, you ain't making nobody happy but God and folk that love the Lord. How many understand what it means to be humble? Let's go further. Lord, I, I done got into something. Let's look at some truths about humble. Y'all still with me? All right, because we're going to deal with this as long as the Lord tell me to. Let's go to Exodus, and let's look at some truths about being humble. Let's look at some truths. I'm halfway through the message. Y'all still with me? All right, Exodus 10 and verse 3. Again, we're going to look at some truths about being humble. So when Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. What I want us to learn and hear the truth in this verse is you can refuse to be humble. You can get good teaching like we're getting. You can have good parents that are teaching you what's right, 
but you can still refuse to be humble. You can choose to reject accepting God's word, God's principles, and doing your own thing. You can. You can avoid doing what's right. That's what he meant in one sense when it comes to refusing to be humble. He said, you're just going to keep avoiding Pharaoh doing the right thing. And there's some of us in here on this morning, you've been avoiding doing the right thing. And I love the question that God asked, how long? How long? How long will you refuse to humble yourself? How long will you refuse to reject me? One thing I want y'all to remember about God, he is full of grace, but there can come a time to where he cut that grace off. He cut that grace off, and he allows a person to reap what they've been sowing. You don't want to play with God when he's asking about how long you're going to refuse to be humble. This is for your reference. For those who are taking notes, you need to check out Daniel 4.33. Many of us know about the Hebrew boys and King Nebuchadnezzar. One of the most prideful, not the most, but one of the most prideful people in Scripture was King Nebuchadnezzar. You know the one that tried to get the Hebrew boys to bow down to the golden image? When you get in Hebrew, not Hebrews, but when you get in Daniel 4, you find out that he was so prideful that the Lord did something to him, turned him over, and the Bible describes him as being like a beast in the field. He said, you don't want to humble yourself, then I'm going to be through with you. Look at how Nebuchadnezzar turned out. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagles, feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. Sounded like he lost his mind. Turned into something that he didn't have to be turned into, something awful, all because he would not humble himself. Always remember, it's your choice. Either you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he raised you up, or you can be proud and you be brought low. Second Chronicles, not Corinthians, Second Chronicles. 12 and 12. That right there make you think, won't it? Why you go into 2 Chronicles 12 and 12 when you watch different things on TV and you, you hear these folk talk about how they used to be in church and then they left the church to chase their dreams and to be this big superstar and then you find out that they hooked on drugs, got, got bankruptcy and debt and just awful. Awful things happen when we don't humble ourselves before the Lord. 2 Chronicles 12 and 12. Next truth. When he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him so as not to destroy him completely. And things also went well in Judah. Second truth. Humility turns away the Lord's wrath. 
When you and I make up in our mind, I'm just going to humble myself and do what my God wants me to do, that keeps God from getting angry with us. And the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. But look at the text, young people. When they humbled themselves, the verse ends out by saying it went well with Judah. When you and I are being humble in life, it will go well with us. We don't have to worry about God's wrath or judgment showing up on us. That's why when the Lord tell you, look, don't say nothing, just keep your mouth closed, humble yourself. Because you can find yourself in a mess putting your little two cents when God told you just hold your Hold your peace. Get them back. They messed with you. You get them back. But God tell you, just, just don't do nothing. Vengeance is mine. I'll take care of it. But, but you want to buck and go do something on your own, you're messing up. Humble yourself. Or when folk mess with you, it takes a lot of humility just to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to let you handle it. Because it ain't nothing like that get back. How many know it's some get back out there? Yeah. Some of us like that get back. Y'all need to read this. this is, man, there's some amazing stuff in this Bible. Write this down, number 16, 31 through 33. It talks about how Israel treated Moses at the time. They had a problem with Moses and his leadership. And so they, they bucked against what he was saying. God got angry. This is what I want you to see when it comes to the wrath of God. You don't play with God. God's wrath is serious. You don't play with that. Tell somebody, you don't play with that. And so Moses got up after hearing from the Lord and told them, he said, look, if I'm a real man of God, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, y'all going to die one way. He said, if I'm a real man of God, Y'all going to die one way. If I'm not, y'all going to die another way. That's what he told him. He said, if I'm a real man of God, when you read this text, he said, this is how y'all going to die. The earth going to open up and swallow all y'all up. He said, but if I'm not a real man of God, you're going to die a natural death. The Bible says this in verse number 31. Now, when it came to pass, look at how quick God's wrath was as he finished speaking. All these words that the ground split apart under them. And the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them with their households and all the men with Korah with all their goods, all their stuff. So they and all those with them went down how? Alive, where? Into the pit. The earth closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. Again, you don't play with God's wrath. Opened up the earth against some folk that treated God's prophet wrong. They wouldn't humble themselves. Listen, young folk, to this advice. You be careful how you treat your parents. You be careful how you talk about God's church and his folk. You, you, just, you just be careful. You don't play with God's folk. If you don't like something, just keep it to, 
keep it to yourself, because according to the text, it was Cora and everybody else who was with them. Sometimes you got to tell folk, don't bring that over here to me. I don't want my name on it. I don't want to have nothing to do with it, because if God get upset, I ain't going down when y'all go down. You don't play. How many understand that? The Lord is loving. Does he love us? Full of grace, full of truth, but don't mess with an angry God. Am I right about it? James 4. Again, we're looking at truths about being humble. But he gives grace, or more grace, James 4 and 6. Therefore, he says, God resists who? The proud, but gives grace to who? Grace is a gift that he gives to humble folk. Grace is a gift. When you struggle in certain areas in your life, young people, don't act like you ain't doing wrong or sin. Don't just act, well, God know my heart. That's pride. Don't do that. God, you know I got needs. That's pride. Humble yourself. Lord, I know it's wrong, but I like it. I know, I know what's right. Can you help me? Can you? No, will you? Because he can help. But humble yourself. Lord, I really like sex. I know you made sex. And I ain't married. But Lord, it, it just feels good. And, and I like it. And, and it's gotten bad, Lord. I'm to the point to where I, in a car, I, in a bed, outside, I'm just, Lord, y'all laughing. Y'all, I said y'all laughing, but I know I'm telling the truth. I know it's wrong, but Lord, I need your help. Will you help? God gives grace to the humble. I'm not perfect, Lord. I got some flaws. Lord, this attitude of mine. Lord, I know I shouldn't be talking to folk like I talk to them, but I'm good at it. <laughs> I'm good at it, Lord. I'm just, it's some folk, they got some good comebacks. They timing is right. They can make you feel this big. They, they good. They professional. They ain't got no degree, but they're professional when it comes to telling folk off. But imagine how God will help you if you just, Lord, I need your help. Because one day I may run into somebody that may put something on me. Folk crazy. You can say something to the wrong person. You don't know what they've been going through, and they snap on you. I be reading articles about folk getting cut and shot for asking about the time, <laughs> driving down the street asking for direction. Folk crazy. You got to humble yourself. You got to look at your weaknesses and flaws. Lord, I need your help. I need your help. Pastor showed us James 4 and 6 where you give grace to the humble. I really don't like her, Lord. It's something about her. Well, what is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's, 
It's something. Why are you so judgmental? It's something about you. Everybody got their ways. Look at somebody say, everybody got their ways. Everybody got their ways. And there's nothing wrong with judging folk as long as the Bible says you judge folk righteously. But if you constantly just nitpicking folk and judging folk over little petty stuff, the Bible said that's how folk are going to judge you. So you got to just humble yourself, Lord, help me. How can I use this for good and not for being petty? Second Chronicles 7 and 14 talks to us real good. If my people who are called by my name will humble who? Humble themselves and pray. Seek my face and turn. There it is from their what? God's people has some wicked, some wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. All these great things won't happen until God's people do what? Humble themselves. You don't like to apologize? You got to humble yourself. You know you're wrong, so you know they know you're wrong. Humble yourself and just go to them and just be like, I'm trying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Humble yourself. When God bless you with money, he know what you got. And a certain offering is called. Don't be proud. Don't rob them. Just humble yourself. Well, Lord, thank you for giving it to me to have. You requiring an offering of it? Let me humble myself and just put it on the altar. That takes you humility. I don't want to clap my hands, but you should. I don't want to wave my hand, but you should. Because everything that has breath should do what? Praise the Lord. Humble yourself. Give them the praise. Because them same hands and feet, they work at the game. Why they don't work at the church? They work on your birthday. Ooh, Hercules, my birthday, Hercules. They want them hands working. Make them work in the church. Make them work. Look at somebody say, make it work. Isn't that amazing? It work everywhere else. Now, you can look at a big booty. Ooh, wee. But when we come to church, we be like, look toward heaven. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, them eyes work in the street. Why them eyes don't work in the house? Look at somebody say, make it work. Humble yourself. One trait of being humble in my clothes. Oh, we learn it. One trait, young folk. That an humble young man, a humble young woman has is obedience. Obedience. And that's what the text says Jesus was. He was humble and obedient. He was obedient. God is looking for us to be more obedient in certain areas of our life. When a person is obedient, they listen. And follow instructions. And that's most of our basic definitions. You listen, and then you decide if you're going to what? Follow instructions. 
But when a person is obedient, they accept and conform to God's will. Now listen, you may not always like what God tells you. Matter of fact, you ain't going to like it. Not everything. But is God's way right? So we have to conform to his will. And when we do that, that's being humble. But what I love about the text, as I use these last nine minutes to wrap it up, look at the situation that Jesus was in. And then look at your life. He was being humble in a very difficult time in his life. He was being obedient in a very difficult time in his life. Amazingly, Jesus was humble even to the death of the cross. The purpose that God had for him required him to go down a path of pain. It required him to go down a path of humiliation and suffering. And that's what the cross represents. The cross represents suffering. And young people, in life, there are going to be things that you don't want to experience, but it's just a part of, of life. Sometimes you have those sexual urges and it hurts. I said you have certain urges and it what? And it hurts. That's part of that cross you got to bear. That's part of that cup you got to drink from. If you're a child of God, if you got a Christ like mine, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, first deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. As a Christian in 2023, a genuine Christian just doesn't do what everybody else has to do or chooses to do. Got to be holy. Got to be sanctified. Got to be right. So it's going to be some suffering. It's going to be some things you're going to have to deal without just because you're a child of God. You're going to have to learn how to accept the affliction that comes with being a child of God. Sometimes you feel lonely. Sometimes people talk about you. Sometimes you hurt. Sometimes God allows you to go through different things that just are painful. But that's part of the process. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Matter of fact, everybody goes through pain and hurt in life. But we must handle it differently because... We're people of God. And that's what we learn from the text. Jesus walked it all the way to the grave. That's what I love. He walked it all the way to the cross. He said, look, this is what I got to go through. This is what God has purposed for me. Then let me just man up and go ahead and walk that walk. And there's some things, young folk, you're just going to have to learn how to humble yourself and walk it all the way to the grave. If this is what God has for me, if this is what I got to go through as a young woman in order for me to experience what God has for me, then I'm willing to walk it all the way. 
I'm just going to humble myself, and I'm just going to go through what I got to go through. I know he's with me. He's going to give me the strength to make it through it. I don't like all of it, but I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing, and I'm humble to go through what you would have me to go through. And you come to that point sometime. You see other people doing certain things, having certain things, but you know your God don't want you to go down that path. You got to go down a different path that's narrow. You got to go down a path that not many find. You got to go down a path at the end it's going to be a blessing. The Bible said your ending will be better than your beginning. And so when life or God allows you to go through things, young folk, suck it up. Humble yourself and get the mindset, you know what, if this is what he has me to go through, let me go ahead and go through it. Am I right about it? Now, on the other hand, if you causing problems, that's your fault. But, but God will allow us to go through problems. I don't want to cause myself no problems. The problems I go through, I want them to be attached to God. What about you? And that's what we see in the text. Jesus was humble and obedient in the midst of what he went through. Many of you are going through different things. God is going to do great things and is doing great things in your life. But you got to always remember, you got to suffer with him before you can reign with him. Suffering is a part of the process. It's a part of the process. And you may, feel, you may feel the suffering emotionally from your family or what have you, but, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. We just have to have the mindset like Jesus. I'm just going to humble myself and go through what he wants me to go through. I'm just going to do what he would have me to do. I'm going to be obedient. If you choose to do this, I got three minutes. How many are learning? If you choose to do what I'm teaching, it's going to be some benefits. And we're going to look at one verse that has two benefits of being obedient, and we're done. Job 36 and 11. I'm going to beat y'all there. Just read with me. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. If you humble yourself and just obey God, he says you will spend your days in prosperity. Favor going to be on your life. You're going through different things, but God's favor is still on your life. You're hurting, but God's favor is still on your life, and he's giving you the strength to enjoy each and every day. You mess around, check your cash out, and you see somebody done sent you something. You say, oh, wee, that's some favor right there. I wasn't expecting that, but I know I've been obeying God. Lord, this was right on time. Favor. Favor. The Bible says that God's favor is for life. It's just not for church. God's favor is for Life. When you are humble and obedient to God, you need to expect God's favor when you at school, when you at flag football practice, when you at work, wherever you may be, his favor is for life. 
You got to have the mindset, well, I done woke up. I done prayed. I've been in the word. I remember what pastor taught. I'm trying to do what's right. Sometimes I slip and make mistakes. God, your favor is on my life. And the Bible says all my years. I just don't want it when I'm a senior citizen. I want his favor all my years. And that's what he promised you. Favor when we obey and then he closes out the verse and say they'll spend their years in pleasure. You're going to be happy. That's what God wants. He don't want his young folk depressed. He don't want his young folk stressed out. He don't want his young folk anxious or worrying about how things are going to happen in their life. No, he wants you happy. And how can you be happy when you are obeying the will of God? If you know and your conscience is clear that you're striving to have a Christ-like mind, you should be happy. Because you can't change everything that's wrong in your life, but you can change your choices. And when you and I are choosing to obey God, we can be happy. Even when we got a whole bunch of storms in our life, we can be what? Happy. Even when things aren't going according to plan, we can be happy. Favor and happiness, God promised to his young folk that obey him. That obey him. That's why you never give up, young people. No matter how many mistakes you make, you keep striving to obey God so you can keep his favor and you can be happy. You ain't got to get high. Why? You happy with Jesus. You ain't got to be no freak. Why? You happy with Jesus. Yeah, you ain't got to do this and do that. No, you just obey God and you're going to have favor and happiness. Matter of fact, I'm having that right now, and I want more of it. If that be you, say, I want more favor and more happiness. But it's going to require you and I to just humble ourselves. Do what God has told us to do, and don't buck or fight against him. How many see that Jesus was humble to the death? And how many see that's how we need to be? I'm going to stop right there. Let's give God a hand clap for the teaching on this morning.